I don't remember. In, I don't remember. I think because I know the price. Well, then you tell me. I don't remember. 300000 Was it 300000 what it yes. sold for? So that's a lot of money. So anyways. You don't own me. Welcome back to The Observation. The Observation is powered by Cash App. When personal finance meets your funds and the stuff that matters, that's money, that's Cash App. And when you use my code Aubrey, you'll get $15 in free money when you sign up. So use my code so that it supports our show and we can keep doing this. Um, today, I have on one of my favorite people, I think, in the world, coin artist, aka Marguerite de Corcel. She is a CEO of Blockade Games. She's also one of my really, really good friends and former roommate, and she's back in New York City. And so we're celebrating with some Aubrey Champagne. Thank you so much for coming on, Marg. I'm so excited to be here. It's kind of <laughs> weird that this has happened. It's so exciting. Um, and I can't believe you were telling me last night, this is like episode 20 something. Yeah. That's wild. I know. And it's weird because we used to, so during the bull market, this is going to be a very interesting episode too, because <laughs> we have a lot of stories about the bull market, but um, we were talking about launching this show when we lived on the Upper West Side and we lived on the Upper West Side for like nine months. Yeah, I don't know, but we got to pop the champagne first before we get into any of the of the stuff that we're talking about today. I've been wanting to try this for a while. So Wait, you've I'm never really, had it? I've either? never had it. No, I've just seen it in the wine shop, and then I sent you the picture. Yes, and so this is fun to do it together. Okay, let's do it. Are you gonna pop it? I I think I'm not really good at doing it. I don't really know. Do how you want to me open to prep champagne. it? Do you want me to prep it and then you pop it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's called, so it's called Aubrey Champagne, spelt not like my name, but you know, I think this is how the French maybe. I don't think it's ever seen you pop champagne? I know because I make you do it all the time. Okay. Nope. Oh shit, did Sorry, it just pop on its own? That was fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's had that like one year in college, they were a bartender. There was always champagne in our apartment. <laughs> well, for any of us that uh, survived the two or three bear markets that have happened in crypto since like 2011, yeah, you, it's, then, it's a necessity. Then you learn to celebrate. And then I just decided after that last time, I was like, I'm just not going to stop. Well, <laughs> I, I also love that like champagne has always been your thing. When, I, when you were coming on, I was like, we got to have champagne. Cheers, Mark. Cheers. And congratulations, Aubrey. This is so amazing. Thanks. It's, it's feel, it feels like we manifested it. Now we're here. We did actually really believe in that, though. Yes. You got to visualize and see yourself and decide what you want and what's your passion and align for it. And then you just do the baby steps. Yeah. And I, and it, I don't know. I feel like I'm having an antibiotic body experience. Like <laughs> just, I don't know. It feels weird, but okay. I want to talk about your background before we go into some crazy bull market stories and just funny things. So Marguerite is so OG, maybe like one of the most OG people in crypto. Would you agree? I, well, I would say like from when the creatives entered the scene. But not. But you were in before that. Like, when did you get in? You were in very early. We started in 2012, um, and I was learning about mining with like your GPUs yeah. around 2013. I can't remember when that they switched over, but we played around with. Some people will remember Butterfly Labs and the Asics that when those went live, and there was this whole race, um, and they showed up in pieces, and we had to like solder everything together. It was just, it was That's terrible, wild. But and we, so like we almost burnt down the house. <laughs> so we melted the wiring 
in the, ha- the this rental house. Oh my and god! And we were like, we don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get your deposit back? They're like, no. well, the fuse box caught on fire. Oh shit! Because <laughs> you were trying to assemble the A six, and it, it just we were mining. We didn't assemble. Yeah, we were mining. Oh wow! So so that was fun. Um, but then I was in, like, so interested from that mining perspective about how do these decentralized technologies, the distributed networks, work? Yeah. What's going on? Yes. And I was fascinated. Uh, that they were actually computers like racing to solve cryptographic puzzles. Yeah. So I'd always loved games and gaming, but to me, I understood that. And I was like, that's weird, right? But it's you love cool. puzzles. You like that. I love puzzles. Um, but this was around the time when I started to think about that. Um, and with the fact that Bitcoin basically is, you know, you can claim it. You, no one, if, if you have the private key, you can get it. Right. There's nothing stopping you. And so in thinking about that, I was like, oh, so I could actually just like encode it into some sort of art piece, have some sort of puzzle mechanic, obfuscating it like a cipher. You know, I think people know like what ciphers are. Um, And and then you put it in front of people. And so in the same way that you have computers racing to solve puzzles, you could actually present the same idea. But now it has abstract like qualities to it. Yeah. And humans are really great at abstract puzzle solving. Yeah. So then that was like, let's see if that's a big experiment. What happens if we do this? <laughs> Marguerite, do you like understand? Okay, first of all, back it up. Marguerite's alias was coin artist. She is an artist. She creates art. And so when you think about before people, before NFT mania was a thing, before 2021, when everyone was FOMOing in, Marguerite was already doing this shit for years ahead of time. Like to be that early is insane. Is a curse. No, it, well, <laughs> no, but it's insane. It's in like in a good way. It's insane. You, it's almost brilliant. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes with its own challenges. And like, well, I mean, everyone makes really think about everybody that lost money in Mount Gox. Yeah. Lots. Of, it's, there's not a lot of survivors along the way from the beginning that didn't hit like some sort of big challenge. Someone that wasn't margin called on Vex, <laughs> like, yeah, still has those original coins, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of like PTSD floating around, um, but I think like a lot of the wisdom and reasons of the why is still really important. And I know um, we've shared, you and I have shared that background of like Bitcoin and the why and how important that is on a value level, and how frustrating that was, I guess in this last bull run where so many people flooded in. And while it was great, I have to tell you, um, for example, I just went to Odessa, their concert. Yes. It was unreal. Like, yeah. I don't know if when this goes out, if they're still going to be playing, but I am flying there again and sending all of my family to go see them oh my God. on Monday because this show is so unreal. And what it made me realize when I saw that show was I used to have a big problem with how much money was being thrown around in the NFT space. But seeing people, those artists actually deploy that capital and make put that capital work in the way that they're doing is actually changing art and music. Yeah. I mean, it actually is. So, yeah. And you know, we we're friends with Justin. Yeah. Wow. Similar. They're really putting in just like, how do we level up these experiences? Yeah. Which it's amazing. So in these um, hard times for a lot of people, and it doesn't really matter what market you're in, um, this audience was, I mean, the stadium was packed with people and everyone left. So inspired. That's so cool. Yeah. You were, I saw your tweet about it. And what, what, what was it about the show that just, what was it? Everything from, you can tell that people really thought about how do we bring this interactive art experience more into our live shows. So there's multiple layers of art and how like the visual experience mm. is 
shared with the audience and their holographic experiences, but the, the way that the sound and, and audio is synced. But I've always heard, that, I guess like Odessa has always had great shows. Yeah. But this was but this like, your, but you were, that was your I first was one blown and away. <laughs> so That's, I was just blown away. And the live, so they have a drum line that comes out. Damn. And the, like the drums are all lit up in sync with the music. All the scenes, so each song set was like a, was like a Broadway show. Like you and you like Cirque du Soleil. You love like, that. It was I know, just yeah, huge. I know. But they were all different. So like one was like this game character with a giant sword that looked like like um This is everything you love. <laughs> and like lightning. <laughs> Marguerite <laughs> Marguerite had a machete in our apartment. What was it? No, katana. Well, Aubrey took the katana and threatened stuffed animals around the house with it. <laughs> One time. It's one time. No, there's no context for that. No one's ever going to understand why that was. It's that. always fun because like our friends will come over and they would pick up the katana and take pictures of it. And I would start getting blown up and I wouldn't, I would see the pictures of the katana just over social media. Like Cooper Turley yeah, yeah, claimed like, it for his be own. Be like, who's in our house? <laughs> in our apartment. Also, speaking of um, just, what was I going to say? Our, our apartment, our house, the sword... <laughs> I don't know where I was going. The, the champagne's already hitting me. But the cyberpunk, oh, the picture that you airdropped to everyone with the katana. Oh yeah. So Marguerite always does cool shit. So she like took this sick picture with her holding the katana. We'll put it up. Um, and bas- you made it like a mosaic tile. Like you make the coolest crypto art. Well, I also and then airdropped the- everyone. Was it Polygon? Yeah. Well, we made a free. To- no, it wasn't an airdrop. It was so, if you were a follower. We whitelisted. I mean, it be, so my thought was, so I like to experiment a lot. And my thought was, what if you could whitelist all of your Twitter followers? Yeah. And then all they had to do was push a button. Essentially, I worked with a company called LinkDrop. Push a button from being a whitelisted follower to directly from Twitter and the NFT be minted to them. Yeah. And so you couldn't announce it in advance because people, you don't want a bunch of people following you. Yeah. So anyways. You did announce it in advance. No, I didn't. Not with the 50,000 one drop. Oh. I, later, I did another one after I'd done that. But I didn't. Oh. I said I was going to do something. A surprise. So, yeah. I can't remember totally what I said. But I didn't give it away because I was aware that this was a problem. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyways, uh, when, so people were able to do that. Click. But they could. So then they were part of the mosaic. And you could zoom in and find your own profile pic. Yeah. That made up this picture. But yeah. granted, these are the things I can do with a game company cool team yeah behind me I can just have a like a weird idea and then a lot of people will help make it happen so um so props to them really the team is pretty awesome yeah but yeah um so pu- yeah puzzles and getting people excited actually that's one of the things that um I think a lot of people miss is for virality for example mm-hmm. you can do something and produce it and share it on social and it'll be like this so I tried to put this to work in that concept like look how look at this cool thing I did which, you know, basically says, like, look how cool I am. How, how much are people going to care about that? Yeah. Right? You think like, not? Because a lot of people well, did. Uh, no. Like, I'm just saying just that part. Oh, yeah. Then what people really like, though, and what's more viral, is anytime you can say, look at this cool thing I did for you, and you get the opportunity to say yes and. At any point. Like, that's where it's truly powerful. Yes. Well, I feel like people throw on community and like how that gives back, but they actually give nothing to their community. You were, you just did that out of like the kindness of your heart. 
it's, I mean, in my mind, it wasn't like anything valuable. I just kind of wanted to see if we could do that. Cause if you could onboard people right from social media. Yeah. Directly it was to being a NFT great or, funnel. It was a very cool. Funnel. Well, the conversion was 90%. It's insane. So 90% new wallets just to claiming that's so and a, a lot of people it was their first NFT. So actually another thing there is lowering those barriers to entry and for that to be the first experience for someone and it was a gift and it included them like that's memorable and they'll never forget that. Yeah. I feel like you do, you've done that so much in the crypto space first of all. Like you you are maybe one of the biggest mm-hmm. connectors I've ever met. I remember so Mark and I also met from Twitter. Um slid in my DMs as per normal conduct on Twitter, I guess. And um, so one time I was going through like a breakup and- Wait, no, before this. So well, actually the reason I slid into your DMs because I was trying to do a podcast type thing. Yeah, which is, COVID, we did record a podcast. Which was not like this. No, <laughs> it, it was never released. Never released. We'll I think find it was the just files. lonely too. I was like, hey, do you want to be on this show with me and we'll record it? I was like, I just actually want to talk to you. I don't know. <laughs> over here. Um, yeah. yeah, we have that content somewhere. We have the content. It's buried. We'll find it. Um, but then, then we kind of stayed in contact. And then I don't know why I told you I was like going through a breakup, and you were like, "Fly to Miami." Yeah. Well, because I had gone through a breakup, and yeah. I was sad, and yeah. so, and so I think you felt like I was. You were like probably felt like you had a safe place to talk to because I, I was. <laughs> I've been sad for a while. Um, yeah. Well, and I was going to Miami. Yeah, you were going to go, and it was Valentine's Day weekend. Can I talk about that? Yeah, tell the story. So, Well, this is when things start to get weird. This is when the bull market is ramping up. Well, and COVID, like, it's just, are we going to come out of it or not? We're not sure, but Miami seems like. Miami didn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like going to the place, like, I heard that there's this land (laughs) in the deep south of America. (laughs) You don't have to wear a mask. It was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Anyways, I was doing this trip, and you're telling me a story as it's playing out. You're going through this breakup. First of all, I think you already told the story about how the bar cart thing, where so just he's already being weird and just being kind of a jerk, unnecessarily. This guy's getting too much air, by the way. Like it's it wasn't that it was probably my least hard breakup. It was more of an ego hit, if anything, of just like breaking up. No, I was just annoyed. I was on my side annoyed about you being such an awesome person having to deal with someone that sucks so much. <laughs> But this is why I fucking love Marguerite because she's just like, fly down. I'll pick you up from the airport. I didn't really totally give you a lot of a choice. And then we had a really <laughs> cute British friend who got on, who Let's backed just, it up. No, I'm going to drop the names. So we show up. I show up at the airport. There is like a Hummer limousine Marguerite has acquired. And there is, this is, a, I'm meeting two people who have now become my really good friends. Jared Madfist. Who I had never met before. <laughs> Yeah, Marguerite's like, I'm picking Aubrey Strobel at the airport. Who wants to come? And so we have two guys in the, in the, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like not ready for this. It's Valentine's Day weekend. It's Jared Madfist, partner, GP at uh, Tribe Capital, and E-Jazz, who works at Coinbase. Like product at Coinbase. Yeah. And just like random more crypto friends. And we just get in the car. And of course, Marguerite has champagne and she's like, let's go. <laughs> she's like popping champagne. And I'm like, well... I guess this is where we're, this is the trajectory. That was a night. That was a night. And we were out, it was messy. It was wild. Also, Miami didn't give a fuck. They were spraying <laughs> Champagne like, all over us. And, and like, <laughs> what? And like, smoke. Like, it's during COVID and they had those air things that were just like pushing 
every every sort of bacteria, anything across the room. It's almost like Florida was trying to spread COVID. I didn't get sick on that trip though. You didn't. But that was Did. and then and then Jared, we lost Jared that night. Yeah. Can we tell that yes, story? Yeah, tell well, it. I, can we backtrack for one second? Yeah. Is the reason it goes so hard on this, like said guy of Aubrey's, um, like I don't dips, claim. dips out to go see another girl on Valentine's Day, breaks up with her, then goes and sees another girl on Valentine's Day weekend, like, and tells her. All true. <laughs> All true. And I was like, well, that's fucking not. I'm yeah. like, I wasn't even at that point. You're just not even Well, upset. somebody that they had already been talking and you'd been so cool about that friendship. Yeah. It was a girlfriend, a friend that's a girl. That you thought was your friend. Yeah. And it just, the whole thing was disrespectful. It's like, you don't go hang well, out. And I remember I was like, okay, so I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? <laughs> when, <laughs> wait, what? I, I, well, I was like, I have an idea. I was like, I think like he thinks he's going to go have the best time. And I love that he just said that to you. Like. Like you're gonna sit here sad in New York. Oh yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like no, no, no you're way, not. no, not, not at all. <laughs> and so, so bringing you down and doing all of that, and I remember there were nights. I mean, you weren't totally like immune to your feelings and moving through what happens when you yeah. know, you're ending a relationship. But yeah, I stayed in one night. But it was, I think it was so cool to have a squad there. So, so every girlfriend should do this for any other girlfriend. Yes. Going don't and don't be that girl. Also, yes. Like for someone to go flat, like just don't be bad. Don't suck. Like it's yes. not hard. <laughs> Marguerite, Marguerite is a yes and person. So she said it earlier, but it reminded me of like her whole philosophy of life is just saying yes and, and amazing things happen and work out. Well, also though, <laughs> the power of no is pretty cool. So you can say Both. yes and, but know what you want and say no to things that are not to your standard. I think you do a good balance of that. I don't think you let anyone push you around or anything like that. Like, I think you, you do say yes and. Yeah, and no, I definitely. You're if it, open, but like, uh, you have good boundaries. Well, run with the things that you want to say yes and to, right? Yeah. And then, and then show up. But showing up for it, I think you and I have, I know we're like totally off topic or whatever no, we were going to no, talk No, no, this about, is a totally but. gotten off. <laughs> we, we've just, we're doing whatever we want at this point. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everyone will just have to sit and enjoy. Yeah, I was going to... Gosh, now we just totally blinked on what we were talking about. Yes, there was and no, no. Saying no. This champagne almost makes you forget your drink. <laughs> we're not even that. No, no we're a glass. Um, we should have a champagne meter on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are they at? Um, saying yes and going to Florida. Yep. Picking me up. Okay, we also, this is the time where like me and Kobe become friends and we post that picture on oh. that's this is when the bull market really starts revving up do you remember that yeah where he says so when you say the bull market starts revving up I think of like when clubhouse started yeah we were on that too we were yeah no I, I went in there and I just remember being I can't do this anymore like because people it just became this like like terrible marketing hell oh yeah um everyone thought audio was the future of tech for a long time and it, we, were, remember? we were all bought in do you remember when everybody was like, are you in Clubhouse? I'm in Clubhouse. Like when it was cool. Yeah. And they, were, they thought, and I was like, no, that sounds dumb. I don't want to join that. And so I waited, I resisted for a while. And then, and well, then I, like. you were yeah. smart. Early, always early, Marguerite. Okay. Do we go back to Florida or do we go? <laughs> do you want to go to your crypto puzzles that one has not yeah. been solved and how you, which you, you steer, I had a you really steer the good machine. mid story in there and I'm so sad. I forgot what it was. Um, yeah. So I guess, so Kobe in Florida with what, what did we put beach. as a caption that that twins 
Twins, yeah. Twins, well, because yeah. people think we, we kind of do look alike in some ways. We have green eyes. Brown hair. Brown hair. You're six foot five. I'm five three. Well, no one knows <laughs> that from... I'm not, okay, my biggest search right now is like how Aubrey Strobel height. How tall is Aubrey Strobel? Now people are going to think I'm six three, but we're just going to keep... I said six five. Six five. <laughs> I felt like that was the beginning of a crazy shift. Also, I would like to note that through that breakup... Another tip on breakups, since this is weirdly turned to breakups. Um, <laughs> what I didn't do, though. I remember was, what I was going to say. No, Okay. You want to go? Was we were talking about um, don't be, don't suck. Be a yes end person. Also learn how to say no. Also don't be obsessed with short-term gratification. Yeah. What do you mean by that? When you're talking about breakups, like that's, I feel like the crux of every failed sucky guy. It was that they were just too caught up in short-term gratification in some way. Example. So, like, being able to say no to a girl that is trying to give you attention, but, like, let's say it's your event. Let's say you're having, like, a dinner party yeah. and hosting. But your guy who's supposed to be supporting and co-hosting you is more instead, like, interested in a girl that wants to just give him attention right now in a way that is almost disrespectful to you. And not helping and supporting you, like, entertain a room. This is a personal... Is no, this no, this is an example. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, this is an yeah. example. I just, it's something, like, someone that is not self-aware would do in a moment when they want to feel good about themselves as opposed to thinking about long-term relationships and how to build them in a really positive way. Yeah. I Okay, so from that, what I was also doing during that time was I didn't, po- like... To the point where you were like, oh, he, he probably thinks you're in New York crying. And I was actually in Miami partying. Uh, crying a little bit. Crying a little bit. <laughs> I don't think I cried. I think I just was a sad girl in the, in the bed. There was Just crying. laying dead. There Did was, I cry? Yeah, there was Ah, shit. <laughs> Fuck, I don't even remember. <laughs> um, but, like, not being, not being someone who posts, like, because no one, okay, if you break up with somebody and you're, in Miami, posting stuff, you're clearly hurting, you know? So I didn't post anything. I was just enjoying the moment with you, Ejaz, and Jared. You've always been really good about not wanting to be unhinged on social media. Like, I mean, the want to, to not. Sometimes, I've, I mean, I've had a few drunk tweets, for sure. But at least it's never at, like, where you're upset and unhinged about somebody doing something to you and you're subtweeting. I don't think you've... Well, I think the long game, back to your thing, the short-term gratification, the long game, is like the revenge doesn't, it's not like revenge, but I mean, I am a Scorpio, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd rather have like long-term revenge than short-term gratification revenge. Like posting stuff and trying to get back at them immediately is never the the game. The, The long game is being so successful and so you don't even remember that you cried on a vacation that you just don't give a shit anymore. Like, that's the better move. Yeah. If we're talking chess. Well, you're, you're like, um, what do I want to say? Not theory, but I guess we'll just run with theory right now. Your theory has always been that you're the best revenge is success, like yeah. in general, but also uh, be too good to fail or like all of those things. Like, so good they can't ignore you. Like, all yeah, of, yeah, like yeah. you just, you really embody that. And it's always been those building blocks. You've, I mean, really, your work ethic. For, for people that don't know, Aubrey's work ethic is around the clock. Like, she's strategizing with her teams, even before you were doing the podcast. Um, she's always very humble. She's 
she's uh, helping and lifting people up around her. I remember we met one of our really good friends, um, Maddie, who's been on the show because Maddie reached out to her in her DMs and uh, and Aubrey just responded. I don't even think you were following her at the time. So then and she had like 15 followers yeah. and she's like, hey, can I meet up with you? I'm in the city. And I was randomly in town. And so, so I got brought into this dinner with someone that Aubrey, like a rando from Twitter. I was like, I'm just bringing Maddie. We didn't know her at all. And Maddie was just down. We yeah. also, that was a funny story because we ended up at, um, this is like peak bull market. No, no, it's not peak. Or no, it's, it's pre, sorry. It's pre-NFT hysteria. Um, it's in February. Yes. Or maybe early March. And yeah. we go out to dinner. Then we're like taking, then we take Maddie to, and all of us go to Devin Finzer, the CEO of OpenSea. Well, he's lonely, and it's been COVID, and he hasn't left his apartment for like a year. <laughs> and and he starts he starts like I'm starting to worry about him a little bit. Yeah. And so I was like, Devin, I think I'm just gonna me and some girls are just coming over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just dropping by, and so um, we roll in like all hot. <laughs> to the bar. I remember, I remember him showing your ca- his calendar to you, and it was yeah, just because because they were hiring at the time. Yeah, the, but we were like, wow, you know, like NFTs are really taking off, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, this is must must, and that felt busy. But that was like, if there was a chart, I wish we could put a chart of the day that we were hanging out to what it ended up being. Um, <laughs> it was probably right before it like hockey sticked. Well, we, we always do these check ins with Devin. Like yeah. last night we had dinner, and we just. Constantly, like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then also, Devin and I did not, we hated each other. What? In the beginning. That's a strong word. He would disagree. He was judgy. He, well, because I was roasting, because as you know, last night, <laughs> I also roasted someone that you brought up. I kind of roast on first meet. Yeah. And so I roasted his artwork, physical oh. artwork, not digital artwork on the, the walls. photos. The photos on the wall that he had just hung for a bachelor. That was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> I don't know what was going on though. I'm going to be honest with those pictures. And Devin, like I could see like, oh, <laughs> I could see his like heart sink a little bit. I was like, oh fuck, I went too hard. I always, sometimes I do that a little bit. That's my fatal flaw. Well, he was also just extra judgy because you're really pretty. And he was thinking she's just an Instagram girl. That's what he said to me. Yeah, I remember. And I'm not even on it, Twitter's my bigger thing. What's, but he didn't. Say, he mean? also like, he didn't say that to me. Like that's just something oh. he harbored and then shared when you guys like got like closer. Yeah. Then we had then we had to have a heart to heart. Yeah. About it. And yeah. then you guys are good friends. Now we're friends, and it's fine. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> this is gonna be like an hour podcast. I know already. It's gonna just come on. Okay. Mark, we got to go back to the the puzzle <laughs> because I want to <laughs> talk about it. And then, so we, how, how you're always early and how you thought, and you were working for Bitcoin Magazine. And I also want to talk about, because people probably think of you from right, their, their perception right now is like, you're more NFT, you're more like altcoin focused, but actually you were into Bitcoin. You're actually very OG Bitcoin. And we need to bring that back because that's actually a lot of people too. Like Vitalik worked for Bitcoin magazine. There's a lot of people that got their start in Bitcoin, but because they came in during the last cycle, they actually don't af- affiliate people from getting their, their early beginnings in Bitcoin. And, and you did that as well. 
correct? Well, and like even the things of proof of work versus proof of stake, what does it mean to be a validator? Yeah. Like to have no, like all these different blockchain questions. Yeah. And that like a lot of people don't know that there's secret messages on the blockchain. Yes. I keep every like market cycle. I'm watching people rediscover things that like have always been known and they're like so fascinated and like being experienced for the first time. Um, those things are still true. And so that the blockchain technology has been totally just forgotten about. And now it's just, you know, the underpinnings of a sales mechanic for people with like, you know, which was a great use case. And it was clear that that needed to, that that was a, a problem to solve for digital artists, especially. Yeah. But, um, but anyways, a lot of people don't know about the hows or the whys. And that actually hinders them in decision-making on which blockchain to use and why. Who's credible? So generally with marketing and how it goes, right? The the most recognized biggest brand is going to get the most legitimacy, even though that might not be true in this case. And so people aren't, they have to like learn these things, but things are breaking. Have you seen how many things, random things have yes. been breaking? Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. if, a block, if a blockchain broke, it was, it was over for that project, right? Yeah, like, you're done. Your technology, but now Solana can break five times, and people are like, "It'd be offline for forty-eight hours." It's totally, it's fine. We're still gonna, we're still gonna launch (laughs) our Web three platform on Solana. And people are unfazed. They're like, "This is normal." We're like, "Yeah, blockchains go down. (laughs) That's that's totally fine. All your data is what the fuck." Well, and like the different uh, vulnerabilities. So, for example, and now there's things to check for this. But if you keep your wallet connected to a bridge, yeah. Um, so a bridge is the connecting point between two different blockchains, which you might interact with if you're interested in moving NFTs from one network to another or crypto to one network to another. And there's a lot of vulnerabilities that happen there. Yeah. That's why Axie Infinity lost yeah. a few hundred million. Yeah. Something like $650 million. Yeah. Was a bridge. It was a bridge vulnerability. Yeah. Um, so if you keep your wallet connected and there's a, a like, and, and the, the bridge has a vulnerability you'll could potentially lose your funds yeah so you have to watch there's different sites to help you watch where your uh what your wallet is connected to what you've given permission to eventually the ux should be in a place where it'll the interface will tell you exactly what you're doing and if this is the part you want me to talk about how i lost two uh, three cyber brokers yeah so this this is actually a crazy thing because marguerite is so OG, but she still was vulnerable, not because she's was not doesn't know what, what a scam is or at, or what that looks like. It's actually because user experience on uh, a transaction is so poor that you don't actually sometimes know what you're signing if you're kind of just being like passive about it. Well, and we get lazy. Yeah. We get lazy. And, you know, because you don't think, oh, you're like, I'm not going to get hacked. Well, and stuff or- is broken enough that when you get the error message or something that doesn't look right, you're kind of like, it's kind of normal. Well, you signed it twice. Tell the story. Oh, yeah. No. Well, because I, so this has happened like with MetaMask. Have you ever had a failed transaction on MetaMask? Yes. And you just keep pushing the button. Like, well, it's going to work eventually. And then you realize I do it like four times. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it, because of that, it makes it a really good opportunity for for people to have links and things that look legitimate. Um, There's something going on that a lot of people don't know about is, so you can take a verified Twitter account yeah. And you can rename it and like change the handle. Massive problem at Twitter. Don't know what the fuck's going on over there. Yeah. Change the handle. And then, and, and you know, they're really good at replicating other people's sites. Yeah. Or other people's profiles. 
So uh, that was a during the bowl. That was a big uh, social hacking yeah. technique. And so, anyways, I had someone that I knew, and so we do this. Who was all, it? Who was it? I don't remember. I don't remember the account. But oh. um, but in in like these these, I guess in crypto Twitter we get excited about different projects or things that are happening and someone will message me and be like, Hey, you got 48 hours to mint this one thing. And you've been whitelisted. Like our friends literally actually do this. So, All so the then we rush over. Like I got, I got a mint. I got a mint. Right. Yeah. I mean like G money with his in it, with his admit one, admit one. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and so anyways, so you'll get though, sometimes ones that are not legitimate that have also, they look, just like the and person. I didn't know at this time that you could do that with a verified Twitter account. So, yeah. anyways, going to Mint and the website looks legitimate and it's nice. Yeah, these people are developed. They could actually make money. Like oh, they. No, I'm just saying they could oh. actually go make money in a yeah, real yeah. way. And it, <laughs> <laughs> like, but they're like, no, nah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> like, yeah, so, so anyways, like, uh, yeah. So you click the minting and you give permission. And what's happening instead is they uh, parse your wallet, which means it's looking through your your assets, and it ranks which ones are the most valuable, and it, it'll, it'll ask you to approve the transaction, and you do, and it pulls your asset out of your, your account, your wallet. And you send it twice. And Three you, times. No. Yeah, because I was pushing it, and then it just, because they're smart, right? So it keeps popping up, and it'll keep popping up until you've uh. emptied out your wallet. Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. And when, when was it? When were you like this? The is- third time I was like, wait a minute. Uh, I was like, this is familiar. This is familiar. That hurts. Wait. Oh, yeah. And it really hurts because uh, the blockade CTO was um, the creator of the smart contract for that particular project. And also, um, the, one of the ones that was taken was given to me from, hey, from- the artist from, for Cyber Brokers. No. Yeah, so the artist herself had given me a plasma bear. Plasma bears is a is a oh, we gotta go into that. a game that Blockade made. It was like the first free to play NFT game, and so they incorporated plasma bears into this project. I'm a plasma bear. She, she gifted me a plasma bear cyber broker, like, and then yeah, having that go, like, it hits in such a way that is like it's it's different than money. Yes, it's this was a sentimental thing that meant so much to me. I'm I can't even I'm gonna cry about this. Oh. <laughs> Shit <laughs> but it's real. Yeah, I not not on the same level. But I I sold an NFT that was very had a, a good meaning to the me. Pi- the picture of us? No, never. I'm just kidding. Never. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. That's another. We story. did sell some of those. I, I was we did, we gave one to Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then we listed some randomly. Yeah. And, and did you sell some? Them? Some of them were bought. Yeah. In a random I token. Didn't see it. I didn't see a, for, a dollar of that for a coin. <laughs> oh, it was in coin. <laughs> Damn, you gifted me coin too. God, I forget. There's crypto just good. Like a day in crypto feels like 20 years, doesn't it? Because there's just so many things that happen. Okay, anyways, your NFTs that like, I think that's an important thing to talk about because people see NFTs that are on the outside that are that have like an ick feeling about the industry because they saw how much pump and dump happened. But there are people who have been here for so long, such as yourself, that have projects like plasma bears um and or just have been gifted really nice pieces of of art and to see that go it's like you you don't get going back to non-fungible like you there's not another one to replicate that non-fungible meaning like there's not another 
that equals that one. You're not getting that back. No, and it, that whole trans- transaction. So Josie, actually the creator of Cyber Brokers, yeah. was someone that I helped bring into this space. She was probably already on this trajectory, but I tried to speed it up for her. And so I just introduced her to all the people that I felt like would help her as fast as possible. Um, and she just took a, like a hold of that and ran mm-hmm. with it. But so her story and then Ben's story, uh, Blockade CTO. Love Ben. Yeah, and he was he was working on that project. And so anyways, that was a very special asset for so many different reasons. And then it's just like, I can't get that. But my mistake, but this is the reminder, is like, let's not forget this technology is supposed to be respected in the way of doing your own diligence. But is it that or is it the user experience should be better? So that people, because, okay. It's both. It's both. Yeah. We've been talking a little bit about this in like terms of, the consent or tra- the way that transactions come through, right? A lot of the time when anything, well, all of the time, when something is sent to your wallet, you can't reject it, right? The consent thing. So like that was a whole troll with Tornado Cash that we've been talking we about ma- recently. We made a virus. We sort of. No, we made a virus. What do you Blockade mean? did. What once? Like we did an NFT that was self-replicating. So it just like keeps doubling? So it was a zombies versus human game. And because of that, like, fact that you can do that, you can basically spam, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And, and it's like knowing everyone's email. Yeah, that's that's what we've said. Yeah, it's uh, like you could just spam. Right, so with that concept, we're like, what if we make what's called a headless game, which is like a to- NFTs that have game mechanics in them via their transactions that are happening. So we airdropped, I think it was Harvard. Uh, Harvard was having a hackathon. And this is where we did this for like- You trolled Harvard? No, we didn't troll them. No, we asked everyone on Twitter to give the, us their address because we wanted to give them something. And so they did. So we had something like 5,000 addresses. It could have been more. It could have been more. Um, and, and so anyways, during the hackathon, what we created was a, a zombie that, uh, so the virus, the zombie, and then the human. And if you were, had been then airdropped the zombie, then, like, the only way, so, wait, no, it's okay. This has been a while ago, so I was <laughs> playing back. So half the, year is this? half the people were gifted zombies, and half of them were gifted humans. Uh, oh, 2019. Okay. Humans. And so then if someone with a zombie sent it to someone with a human wallet, then their human converted into a zombie. And the image file and the metadata was all updated. Now they had two zombies, no human. Okay. And so the game was, can you deplete the supply of humans? with your zombies, but it also didn't allow you to transfer. So that person that transferred the zombie mm. still had the zombie in their wallet, but they sent Wait, another were additional you soulbound tokens before soulbound tokens were a thing. You can't transfer. Oh yeah. That's what that is. You can't transfer. It's you were doing that in 2019. Yeah. That, that was, we were doing token controlled access in 2014. So like the thing with discord and all bro, that, like, no, we, these things that are ideas bro, have been around forever. Bro. You guys just make fancy marketing words I, for them. Why and am then, I and the person? To, like, I know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, this is very ETH focused, by the way. Like this is, I, I, as a Bitcoiner, someone. You say for, that. For parading as a. I think after living with me, I think you can fully commit that you've Marg, been onboarded. So Marg, yeah, you, Marg taught me the most. Can we talk about gr- Grimace, Grimace coin? coin? <laughs> 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 I knew it. I knew you were gonna. 
There's no better way. Marguerite, to- <laughs> so Marguerite and I are just like um, chilling on a Sunday. I think it was a Sunday. We're just chilling on our in my pajamas. Really, yeah, in our probably pajamas, hungover. Hungover, just chilling on our couch, <laughs> and um, make, I don't know, some viral meme like goes off about like McDonald's potentially making Grimace coin, or or no, was a politician potentially talking about? I, I don't know. What no, it McDonald's was. Twitter account is that what it was? Okay. And so, makes a comment. and you're like, oh fuck, we got to ape in to Grimace coin. And I'm like, but there's a, we're looking, we're like, there's about five Grimace coins right now. But when I say ape, I mean, like, and we're talking about this, I don't mean a, actually a lot. We put, at the time, we put in some money. It just like for during the bowl, it didn't, it wasn't like your, your big. Okay, but Mark, let's be honest. Sometimes when you're trading crypto, it doesn't feel like money. Right. <laughs> like we so, were, it, it is like we could cash out, but we were like, well, what's. I liked, I liked that you really were respectful of this during this whole time. And you were, she was very aware of the money that she was putting in. And I actually was trying to, I was trying to get you to put in more. Yeah, you did. And I, but you put, you put in a <laughs> lot and you're like, well, well, not that much. Not that much. I, it was actually just like pennies, like my penny stocks I converted into. <laughs> <laughs> like Grimace coin. Mark's getting me on all these bridges and she's like. Well, so what we did though, so there's no better way to learn than to lose your money. Uh, and I lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lost. <laughs> so I, but through this process, I was able to teach Aubrey about buying Grimace coin. How did we do that? Right? We, we did that on a Dex and we had to pick out which Grimace coin we thought of the 30 was the right, the real Grimace coin. Real shot in the dark. Real <laughs> shot in the dark. I did my research on Twitter and I decided like this, I think it's this one, but I wasn't, wasn't. sure. So I picked the top three. So we, we, we spread this out a little bit across the three top Grimace coins. And then I showed Aubrey that well, actually some of the Grimace coins are not even on Ethereum. They're actually over here Wait, on, yeah. on uh, the... The Binance, Binance chain. I think we did Binance. We did. Yeah. And we, we, we did Binance, we did Polygon, and we did one on Ethereum. Oh, shit. I don't remember that. But. Well, and I showed you how to do the bridges. Yeah. So the bridges across, and then I showed you how to convert on the different DEXs. Yeah. And lose your money. And yeah, and that was, that was a great <laughs> learning experience for me. I'm really, really appreciative that you did that for me, Mark. Thank you so much for showing lose thousands of dollars on a Grimace coin. But it was good. It was good. We got like literally just rugged. Like absolutely rugged. There was a remember when I was oh, like, so we checked it. I, I was like, so how are we doing? <laughs> and I, I was trying to be like, well, well, you know, they just need to make another tweet. <laughs> <laughs> One more tweet, and we're gonna be good. Wait, we should just pump it back up. So you want to hear something else I did since that time? What? That was also degenerate. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, in crypto, you never know how these things are gonna go. It can come back. <laughs> So, oh, wait, like, I also showed you with Grimace Coin, before I moved to that, was how to LP. So I showed you how to LP on the DEX, be a liquidity provider. Yeah, 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 yeah. So put up more capital. Yeah, yeah. So here's your Grimace Coin, but let's double how much money you're yeah, putting yeah. up. Yeah, And provide liquidity yes. for this pool. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> and Aubrey, you can make, you can make fees on yeah, the money yeah, you yeah, put yeah. up. Yeah, and I was like, so, this is amazing. Yeah. So you learned about decentralized finance that day. Yeah, it was it was great for me. Was, that was my <laughs> DeFi. That was my like DeFi like pipe dream, but that didn't take off. So you remember Luna? Yes. 
<laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> so you remember how Luna like really uh, was wrecked? Basically, remember when it just did yeah. a cliff, cliff yeah, dive yeah. and people Wait, weren't sure. What did you do? They weren't sure where it was going to stop, and it just kept what going. What did you do? So I waited <laughs> until <laughs> no. I waited until I really thought they hit the bottom, right? And then I bought some Luna. Did you time the bottom? I did kind of. I you know what? Considering how terrible it went and how bad that could have been, it, it's it's. I'd say it lost fifty percent. So I was, I was kind of surprised. Like that's pretty good. <laughs> but like the chance. But the fact that that original Luna, there's still a commu- like community for this. Luna's still yeah, living. Yeah. So I no, still, there I'm is. Still holding, no, there is. I'm still holding my Luna. Like this is one of those that you never know. Yeah. You don't know. That's sometimes why you just hold and you're like, well, I'm praying to God that something. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Out. I think that's the money you're like, well, you don't, this is your money that I would I'm, lost any, I would have, I would have put, I'm okay losing. Well, and then you flip this money and you put it into something else weird. Right. Yeah. This is your weird money yeah. that you don't really count. Again, that it doesn't feel like money. I am responsible in the rest of my accounts. But my weird money category is just, I, Jenning. just I'm play testing. Yeah, you try. Okay, but also let's talk about like, uh, was it looks when we were in Whistler <laughs> and we all decided found out there was like an airdrop. We're like coming back from. We did like a twenty person Whistler trip. That was wild. Looks was wild. Do you think most of your like listeners know about looks? I don't think so. But we, but you were like, oh fuck, because there's these weird things in crypto that happen. I don't even know how to explain this to like a mainstream audience. Like sometimes you just get involved with something and you get airdropped, which means like basically you get sent a token, a certain amount of the token for what you've done or what you've contributed to an ecosystem, and sometimes it's a lot of fucking money. What's the application usually? Like yeah. Uniswap. You know, you're yeah. using the decks, yeah. your user, and um, yeah, and so they they're looking for your different activity on chain. Yeah, and that determines how much you how get much dropped. you're gonna get. Yeah, so, so it's like how much money you would get for participating. Imagine if Chase Bank gave you money, actual like a lot of money for participating at Chase Bank, but they would never do that because that's not how they operate. But like in crypto, that happens. You have seven credit cards. Yeah, they're like. And you've hit your limit five times and paid it off within two months. They should do that. Well, they kind of do that with like when you sign up. So here's a credit card fully loaded of $20,000. Yeah, that's what happens in crypto. And you're like, have fun. (laughs) No, thank you. Well, so actually um, it was. No, we were, because everyone was, we're like, oh, did you get the looks drop? Remember we were like, we were like driving out of. So, but by the way. This is t- totally a derailed podcast, <laughs> I can feel it. But so Marguerite, because she's like the most generous person in crypto, she was like, everyone, I'm planning an excursion for all of my friends. We're going to Whistler um, and really put on like the best, most amazing events for everyone pretty much in the space. Everything was like being picked up from the airport to every, like click off the activities that you want to do every day. And it would... And the food, Jess, we were eating those croissants. Like everything was amazing. And that's just goes again to show like the generosity that Marguerite has towards everyone that she really appreciates. And uh, I think it's generosity, but look, look how much you remember it. I, it's love, right? Is it? What what is it? Why do you, why are you so kind? No, it's not just about being kind. It's also just like, if you eliminate stress and unknowns, yeah. then you can actually have better experiences than you would have otherwise. So if you think of a group and you remove all of that, then your relationships and the 
the relationship building and everything is going to be that much stronger because people have the focus and energy bandwidth for it. Yeah. And so, like, if you do that, I mean, I think everybody from that trip loved that. Everyone talks about it. There's still a group, active group chat from that. So, anyway, what was the other thing we were just talking about, though? Looks airdrop. Yeah. So, uh, so we're driving back. Anyways. But I want to tell you, like, that's called, so what happened with Looks is they were a competitor with OpenSea. They're a market. Yes. But what Looks was for, what was their marketplace called? It was, um. Looks Rare. Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't even, I don't use it. Like, no, I don't. So I wasn't a loyal user. Anyways, um, they. Did they fall apart? They did a vampire attack on OpenSea, which means they were trying to pull all of the users away from OpenSea and uh, based yeah, so it was a really smart airdrop. Uh, and when you claimed, they told you how much money you had given to OpenSea in your, oh. your store. It gave you like a printout yeah, yeah, yeah. of like, it, for using OpenSea, this is what you lost. And kind of, and, and, their, marketing, and huh? their pitch, like, this is what you gain and why, and why LooksRare is different. But I didn't start using LooksRare because maybe the founders are our best friends or... What open seat founders are best <laughs> <laughs> or that's where all the users are. That's all because if you, if you well, get they're the first yeah. to market, also like Alex um, and Devin are really good friends of ours. We're not gonna like even when there's like shit that goes wrong with OpenSea, I still never bash it because it's our friends. Like they're let's be honest, like OpenSea for a while had issues. I don't blame them though. I don't think any they just weren't ready went through that sort of trajectory that and growth. growth. Yeah, like they and they were trying really hard. Those guys didn't sleep. They already worked through weekends. Yeah, they, like it was crazy. They couldn't do more. <laughs> so, Fine. but also, uh, I saw recently on Twitter that someone found a bug from OpenSea and was um, awarded a hundred thousand dollars within like six or twelve hours of reporting the bug. The bounty. The bounty, yeah, to to OpenSea, and that I feel like there's been massive improvements. They're leveraging. Well, there's a lot of great. So for my community, actually, this is a fun story. Is um, from building up the puzzle solving community. Yeah. In crypto, we we basically, and a lot of them ended up being like your top twenty bug bounty hunters in the world. Yeah. Which is a challenge as a puzzle designer, by the way, because you have these people just front running the puzzle, and then the community is like, well, why should I even try? Yeah. But Regardless, we had built up that community, and so they became the backbone of the security group, this external security group that does constant bug bounding for OpenSea. And they report it, and they're white hats, you know. Although there are some other stories of things that have happened, not directly with this group, but friends of the friends of the friends. Clearly, if you have hacker friends that are that good, weird shit happens, right? So I don't think I can say the different things that have happened, but imagine like a very famous people's websites being uh compromised and someone and a celebrity having i can't i can't be too specific but having a sale of an nft on their website as if they're having the sale celebrity and then it being on the front of new york times the next day it's like subtweeting in real life (laughs) saying but not i'm just saying like these are the things that are happening it's the wild west well let's let's talk about blockchain okay we're in the new york magazine one time more bull market bullshit do you remember that whole conversation? Gabby and I always have, so Gabby Dizen um, of YGG, Guild, Guild Gaming. And he is a game developer, actually, for mobile games. He's built multiple mobile games and then went on to build a blockchain game. But in that time period, he pivoted to guilds 
and how he could support people in the play to earn ecosystem, which actually ended up being this huge opportunity and business model and killed it. And so now he like is, has this company that's really catering to the idea of guilds and decentralized finance for guilds. Yeah. Anyways, play to earn. We saw in the bull that it made a lot of sense when a lot of tokens go up. Up only. (laughs) Number go up. (laughs) Right. And then, and as anyone that has PTSD from the bear markets knows that is not sustainable. Drink every time we say the bear market. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) Or the bull market, either one. So, anyways, a lot of those play-to-earn games became overly complicated because too many tokens were a part of their game ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So do you think tokens are bad? I don't think tokens are bad. I just, um, if you open up your game, so, th- so this is the thing. This is not a new problem or a problem being solved. Game developers are very, very smart. Like, game developers are the probably some of the most talented developers ever. They're, they're incredible. So it's not that they didn't know you could have ecosystems in which you could cash out mm. prior to crypto. Yeah. It's that di- designing for that type of game, which is called an open world game, is very difficult to control what's happening. As a, as a game designer, game developer, you're going to be introduced with lots of different problems, inflation problems that are hard to basically manage. So anyways, what we saw was that playing out in real time because you see a lot of crypto game developers who weren't maybe actually game developers to begin with yeah. learning these lessons that the game industry already knows. And so you're seeing that play out with people. I've, okay. I've okay. Quite, do you think it's because I've heard different things. Do you think that it's better for a game to be developed and then you integrate an NFT situation or a web three platform or is it the opposite do you think that web three designers then become game like game designers which one, what is a harder um path game, game design um is is something that is across both industries it's it's like because i feel, I feel like people were pissed in game design about people coming in like the metaverse and nfts they were like pissed about it your gamers are the number one because they're like community. almost purists, right? Well, yep. Yeah. So your gamers are the number one community, kind of against NFTs. They see it as a new way for game companies to take advantage of them after microtransactions have already taken advantage of them. Okay, but then my argument is like they're so centralized, right? People are buying like skins for certain games and profiting off of these people and and then they can't really do anything about that if the game shuts down if the game doesn't exist anymore then what they don't own these things anymore they can't put it off into a wallet there's so many complicated things to this such as like who owns the art do you have the right to even be a third party and build another game experiences that uses that original art what do you You think use the original token metadata no this this is the whole like area wild west area where people we people are trying to figure that out like you know how board apes has has given different licensing rights like different collections are trying to figure out different ownership and but what i think is really interesting instead of doing the primary sales which is what the whole collection market has been driven by uh, is there's games coming up now with game developers that realize the potential of just capturing the secondary sale. Yeah. And even though that's a little harder to, like, the secondary sale you can kind of cut out in various different different ways, you know, but if you're using a platform and as a game developer, you want to transact outside of their platform, you can take the cut there because you can mint and let them go third party, but still take your cut. Yeah. And so 
like that's the moment where some game developers are now thinking about net when I think back to plasma bears which was our first free-to-play nft game that was totally free we didn't monetize this at all it was a crafting game you built a bear that was cool used some of like today's famous artists uh on the so we like we like basically mapped gifs to the bear skins yeah and you can build a bear like it's originally built- it was like called emo bears like it was so they're they're grumpy and they have attitude and they have personalities yeah. when you craft them they give you yeah you can put like a heart like an arm like so the game is yeah. discontinued it was it's it's, it's not supported but x copy created how many designs x copy is a very very famous artist he was, well he was one of the artists so it, it depended on how many people made those bears and so you also were given these you were no he but like can we back it up and say that one time matt ben <laughs> another bull market bullshit story is um it's me, Marguerite, and Matt Medved in our apartment. And Marguerite, we're drinking champagne, I think, again. And Marguerite kind of casually floats. There's X copy plasma bears out there. And Matt Medved. Matt Medved is like, his insane. eyes go rabid. Yeah. He's like, what did you just say? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, are you kidding me? He buys them all up. He bought, he, yep. He did buy a few. But the community had already been onto that as well. So people that were fans of X copy knew that, that yeah. but that was like, it wasn't very that, that the Excel spreadsheet went around how many X copy. Anyway, it was funny. It, I mean, then we pump plasma but bears. My, my point is monetizing the secondary transactions for blockade games meant $200,000. We had not been expecting mm. that came in at that time. Yeah. And that was really cool for the game company. Yeah. We were able to put that, you know, direct that money elsewhere into development. Uh, not back to plasma bears. So the the correct way here for that model to work is you have the secondary market that has that funnel and you're able to redeploy that into the collection in which you're taking the money from, right? Yes. And and so since we had already not been developing that game for a couple of years, yeah. that we were working on our other project, it was a great way for us to scale the company and maybe someday something plasma bears, right? But We'll come back. Yeah. You heard it here first. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. You have the coolest. I gave Aubrey the coolest plasma bear. Plasma bear 15. It's, is it 15? I think so. Is it number 15? Anyways, it's a really pretty plasma bear. We'll pull it up. Okay. Um, so we have a really good friend named Tim Kane. Yeah. Who we're going to see later tonight at Hoffman's. Um, who I love the context for this show. That like If people are tracking, they know who Hoffman is. And like everyone else, I'm waiting for them to go on a date. Like, I've been promised a date. I think, like, your viewers are ready. You were promised a date on the last show? This No, I was, since then, I heard. I heard he asked you out on the date, on the show. Did you watch the show? You told me, I think. Oh. And yeah, I, yeah, well, he, well, there's been, a lot, of, a lot of the men that come on the show have been very flirty on the, the show. And I'm like, well, I guess we're just going there. I guess you're right. Was that appropriate or not? I didn't think about that. What? If if it was inappropriate for him to ask you out on the show. You know, I don't think there's any great context to be asked out. I think it's just all, I kind of see it all as like flat line. I just think you guys are both cool and it'd be fun if you want. I asked, did, so this, I don't think you know this. I told David, I was like, can I plan the date? Why would, Why do you want to be involved? Because I think David is cool. And I think you're cool. And anyways, I was like, if he plans it, that's a lot of pressure. Then he's going to be in a situation where you're judging him based on the date decisions. Now I feel like you just got to go simple. It has to be like a picnic in the park. 
But if I plan, no, if I plan something fun because I'm crazy. But then, but then, but then if you plan it, then I know that you planned it. No, I planned it. Right. And so you guys just to go, to go and have a good time and your friends are ready. Yeah, but you, you, that, so that's like friends. giving David less credit that he can't plan a date. You're almost like discrediting his. No, like, no, no. It's, it's because that's not true. Totally. But it's the first date or second date that I was like. Never been on a date with him. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, I, I kind of want it to happen. I don't know what I need to do. do. We, it's just like a live stream of the date. People are like, <laughs> um, okay. Well, now we're going to go back to <laughs> Tim Kane. Yeah. Sorry. That we're going to see later at Hoffman's house. Um, how would you describe Tim? He introduced me to Paris Hilton, who is his neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just the surprising things about Tim. Tim will just surprise you. Like, yeah. and he's so casual about it. Like, come with me. I want to show you something amazing. And then it's just like, oh, thank you for introducing me to a... Yeah. So Tim mm-hmm. gifted a lot of his friends apes. Oh, yeah. How many people do you think Tim gifted... Over 50. Bo- board apes. Over 50. Yeah. Yeah, he gifted some... And so did Justin Blau. Same. Tell that story. Yeah. And this is... Um, so Tim had gifted... Me too, apes. And you know, if I was... At the time, what was the valuation of those apes? I don't remember, but <laughs> it was... I don't remember totally, but what I can tell you is we teed up the first sale as the market was taking off, and I had help from our expert friends. I don't feel like I should call them out. Call them out. I don't want to call We're them. already this deep. No, no, I don't want to, I don't want to call this, but so people saying like, this would be a good place to sell one according to what you have with those characteristics. So this is what's happening. I don't know how many people, I feel like everyone watching is probably in one of these groups, but there's so many different groups where your friends are helping out, looking at your characteristics of your unique NFT and trying to help you if like sell it or keep it or be a part of the community. There's lots of, you know, friend sharing going on. And so selling one of them. And then keeping the other. And I was thinking I was going to keep it. But you had a market order for these. So I was thinking I was going to keep the second one. Because that's what you do. If a friend... So by the way, it's super rude. And I can actually have another culture... Like another story for this. A big one. Yeah. It's super rude to sell NFTs that you're gifted. Yes. Like... Well, that's why... So that's why I didn't sell the G-Money Admit 1 NFT. When I could have sold it for a lot of money. Yeah. And also because it's sick. (laughs) And we don't know what's going to happen. Thanks, Jess. Jess also was like, fucking mint this. We're, I think we were in Cannes. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is one of those moments your friend DMs you. And they're like, mint this. You've got 12 hours. What are you yeah, doing? Fucking mint. And then mint. you mint it. No, and I, I think I had like two hours. I think I had like 20 minutes. This is where you get scammed, Aubrey. <laughs> well, I didn't get scammed. That I could have made a lot of fucking like, money oh, yeah. if I was a bad friend, but I'm not. Yeah. So I didn't sell it. NFT culture for everyone that should know this. Loyalty. Is if you get gifted NFTs, then you should keep it and utilize it and support the creator. Yeah. And if you're going to transfer it, realize you're like throwing that friendship away. Yeah. So in consideration well, of that, I feel yeah, like. In, they yeah, they, they know. They know. They know. It's all like, on chain. You exited. Baby, that's on chain. my friend. We saw that I on chain friends. data. That <laughs> <laughs> we were friends. That we were close. That <laughs> we were close. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, the, the one sold, 
Which is rude. No, no, no. Okay. But first of all, it was, it was, I was experimenting Why? in the bowl. And like, but now I feel no, bad. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So we're living on the Upper West Side. Wait, hold on. Let me just say that it priced, per my friend's advice, really at a really high price. Name oh, it. What was the price? I, I don't remember. In, I don't remember. I think because I know the price. Well, then you tell me. I don't remember. 300000 Was it 300000 what it yes. sold for? So that's a lot of money. So anyways, <laughs> we, we said it at a, at, a, at a price that I didn't think was going to hit. And then one morning I woke up no, with you, the notification okay. that it had sold. Yeah, and you're like, oh, fuck, my ape sold. Yeah, because I should have kept the second one just out of principle. Yes. And, but and I, you're running in Central Park and I'm hungover in my bed. <laughs> I remember this very distinctly this morning. <laughs> it's a Saturday morning and Marguerite is like... So we lived literally less few, like right next to Central Park. And Marguerite is like running around, do, getting her work in. I could not be bothered because I am just so hungover, laying in my bed, window, like windows drawn. And you're like, hey, uh, do you want to go shopping? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess. I don't think I said, hey, you want to go shopping? I said, Aubrey, I'm taking you shopping. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And I was like, all right. I was like, I'll, I'll just pull myself together to get out of this. And, and we, let's go out and, and have a night. And, and you go, and I flipped, and I go, like, I flipped my apes. We're going out. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, and so <laughs> then we go out, and it, it we're, the uh, Saks closes yeah. at like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And we got there at like five. And, like yeah, and there's, like, just weird shit happening that day. I remember it was, like, um, I put this tweet out that, like, Paris Hilton had also retweeted about NFTs. And I was, like, world's getting weird. Like, things were getting wild. And I was, like, this is odd. It was about Bill Gates and Paris Hilton. Anyway, so we're, like, she's retweeting this. We're pulling up to Saks. And you get blown up because I remember you participate in this whole, yeah, as yeah. you do, drop some sort of like random thought yeah, yeah. that goes viral. Yeah, about the situation. and it was going off. Yeah. It was going off. It was just some like observation I had made. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like we're plumped to sacks and we have like two hours and we basically run through and we're like, we find some, gr- you also didn't want help. I'm always like. Yeah, because I waste your time. Right. Well, okay. To be fair, a lot of like, a lot of sh- shops, I don't know what you call them. People? People. Who's your shoppers? Helpers. <laughs> so far, like, a lot of times they're helpful, but most of the time I feel like when you're in a hurry. They don't know your style. They don't and yeah, know. Yeah, and they usually, bring you weird shit. But like my method is run well, I've around. I've never been to Saks. see something this that looks my first at your time eye. And, like, and, then, and then like get that and go or like F it. Like it's just shoppers will be like, but do you know about the new collection by so-and-so? And can yeah, you, yeah. you should try on but these I turn, five but she different. was really great. She was nice. She, well, you went that path. And, and I you went, went path. another. You went another path. Yeah, I went another path. I went to the neon pink suit path. It just jumped out at me. Well, I told you. I was like, that looks good on yeah, you. Yeah, we saw it. It was Dolce Gabbana. So what we did, <laughs> um, we basically like in two hours like cleared sacks. Like we were like this YSL purse, this Balmain jacket, uh, this Dior. Well, skirt. and I would just like to back this up in the way to say that we're not like. Super, super, like, we're not. No, you don't have to back it up. You don't have to back it well, up. Well, I would just, like, Aubrey doesn't do this. And it felt really fun to, for someone, yeah. that something that was a gift yeah. that came through an NFT to share it with someone else. That's it, how generous Marguerite is. She made some, $300,000 and she no, could have just done anything. No, but with for it. someone that is so cash conscious, which you are, 
Uh, and doesn't, yeah. you don't spend, you are a thrift shopper through and through. All of your outfits are like, are like really thoughtful, cheap ones that just look like they came from cheap. a, no, but cheap. She but, shops at Zara. <laughs> but, but she, she always, Aubrey always looks like she was a, like a designer. Like you always look like you were in designer clothes. So you're really lucky in that way. But I wanted to, you to have that experience of Yeah, that was my first like up. buying designer things through an ape that was flipped. Well, and just, I wanted you to pick out anything you wanted. No, and it was, and it was wild. So, you know those shows that was like supermarket thrift shopping or thrift supermarket shopping where you would just pull in all the things that you could in the final hour? It kind of felt like that in a, in like a less like disgusting way, like in a very fun way where people were like, and I want that purse and I want this thing. And then we got dressed up and I didn't even understand the designers I was wearing. Like I, it was, you got, I, like, I think we got, like, my first pair of, like, Louboutins. Uh, uh, like, we wore these crazy outfits out. We went to a very nice dinner that Matt Medved told us to go to. It was the best dinner. It was a great dinner. Um, and people were, like, clearing the way for us <laughs> to, like, walk through because of our outfits. Like, people know. And that's when I realized that fashion was people understood what was out that season. Because I remember we went to... um dinner and that was beautiful and so great and people were like stopping but then we also went to acme and someone stopped me on the way into acme it's a club in new york and they're like is that the balmain jacket from this season and i was like it is and they were like <laughs> oh my god and i was like what what does that mean like what does that mean and and I, it was a different thing because i was never used to wearing that kind of stuff and that's some weird bull market things i want to add on to this story though and and like the Hold swinger you. story? No. Oh, I wasn't okay. gonna <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna avoid that story if you want to talk about that. People story. were trying to swing that night. People trying to pick Aubrey up. Um, they asked if I wanted to have a threesome and I was like, Well, no. Yeah. But they kept they, they were persistent. Actually, we actually jumped clubs hiding in a we like it's this is we were I don't know what headspace we were in, but we were hiding at a different club and they were still there. No. Like we are grown women. Oh yeah, why we, did we, like, why did we tell point, them to leave? Like, why did we tell them to leave? They were just so weird. I don't, I don't know. I had to block her number. So weird. She followed up. Um, but wait, I wanted to tell you. Okay. Okay. So in gifting NFTs. So like, have you ever dated and gifted NFTs? I don't know if anyone else. Not, this is just a margarita li thing. Literally no one. Oh, wait. No, no, no. But you made that beautiful piece of art that was gifted. Oh, the tunnel that was in our apartment. Which one? The one where it's like a city. And the, the city and the couple's walking through and then they disappear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know who that was for. My Christie's. Yes, you do know who that was for. Um, anyways, I was just going to say like gifting NFTs to boyfriends and them selling them immediately is such a horrible that happened to you? move. Like if you're going to, did that happen to you, Margaret? It, it happened to me. So a crypto dick, butt, nonetheless, what? Yeah. It's one that I picked out that was a clean dick. Oh God. Was. No, no, no. Who? No, you know who? My last guy. Oh my God. <laughs> he sold? Yes. He's no. so after the breakup. Oh, fuck him. Because he got, no, that's so fucked. He Do you know how much money he made? No, how on much? That, like, how much? How this much? is where Marguerite needs to really. No, no, how much? Because I know you bought generous. him a dick butt. 
Because yeah. they wouldn't let him into dick butt dinner. And he, you bought no, him a dick butt. He made like $10,000. Are you fucking kidding me? On that curved dick butt. You, uh, you, got, him that, a, you got him a good, you got him a again, it was a clean dick. The sentimental thing of like how cool that dick butt was like, I mean, I should just kept that for myself, but I wanted to. But on- you're so giving. No, but you're you so want to kind. onboard people and nope. get them excited. Nope. And no. you're like, no, I disagree. So anyway, you wanted them to come to dinner. That was not about onboarding. You wanted them to come to the dick butt dinner. And they, yes. he wasn't invited. If he, he wasn't, because Meltem was already like, I'm sorry, it's not enough just to have an NF. Like you got to be one of us. Yeah, like she after <laughs> like like even people's friend like partners couldn't get in. It was very exclusive. Yeah, damn. No, but so post this is a whole other experience of post breakup looking at transactions and looking. Don't at look your at their ether scan. Don't look and at their ether scan. And then you see what they did with their collection because he doesn't have any other collection than the one I gave him. So you and, like, only had you one see them NFT. going listed like in real time, and then the ones that like. It's just such wait, a horrible. Wait, wait, do you know which dick butt it was? When I told the story to a guy, he was like, "This is the importance of privacy for your transactions." I was like, "How is that your takeaway? Who are you telling <laughs> this to? Like, how is how is privacy for the transaction? Even though it, maybe that's true. Okay, well, like, it's his like, takeaway look- wasn't like, "Oh, that sucks. I'm so sorry." He was like. <sighs> fuck, we need to figure out how to hide that no. shit. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's worse. Yeah, yeah so bad. Okay, but this is my thing. So people are like, girls really track Venmo. I'm not on Venmo, I'm on Cash App. Um, <laughs> use Aubrey and you'll get $15 in free money. Does Cash App not track in the same way? It's not public. It's not public? No, oh, okay. as, it, as it should not be. Like you're, why do you want to put your financial data out yeah. there all the time? I mean, we do it in crypto, clearly. It's like, thanks for the two shots. And the hotel wink stay. Fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blowjob shot. Wink face. What is this? Um, it's equally the same thing on Etherscan when you're like, oh, cool. You sold that tick butt that I bought you. Yeah. Um, how dare you? No, it's just like, I I didn't like you before. Don't don't look at your Etherscan. I know. Don't look at theirs. Yeah, you set him up. That was his only NFT? It's my fault. Really, at the end of the day, it's my fault. Why? Why? Because you bought him that of tea? You're too yeah. generous. Well, I shouldn't. Yeah, you are. No, I, you shouldn't. No, no, no. You trust the wrong people. No, that's not true. You can make mistakes. They suck. People can suck and you don't know it at first. That's just like, these are hard lessons. Just, it's just so you have to them. listen to the red flags faster, basically, is my takeaway. People are commenting on the leg situation, the Fox News leg. Yeah. Which it's not my fault that 75% of my body is a leg. Is it my fault? <laughs> Jess says no. <laughs> right. Well, so the thing is that I don't think that should mean. So I wanted to talk about this because I don't think that should change how you feel about your body and what you're doing because of the fact that other people are the way they are. I think you should be able to feel like yourself and comfortable in, in doing all of this. So, like, anyways, I, I guess like this is a them problem. Yes. To focus on your legs and not to be a paying, like paying attention to everything else that's going on about you. I appreciate that. I think that's very wise. I, I agree. Uh, it, one really nice thing uh, via Emma Waldron. You know Emma? Yeah. She was like a Norwegian. Gosh, I don't uh, know. Irish. I, oh, Irish. Yeah. Miss Universe. Yes. Miss Universe. <laughs> and she's great. And I actually met up with her. She was basically like... The, the best compliment I've gotten recently and not in like an egotistical way. It was just like you before, like I came into this space told women that it was okay to be like beautiful, funny, 
and all these and like humorous and all these things without feeling shameful that you are like not I'm not calling myself beautiful I'm just saying like the fact that people perceive you as attractive yeah and they're they're like oh you don't have to hide you don't have to wear big masculine clothing to hide who you are to and you can be all these things and people can still take you seriously was a really nice thing that she said so she's a fucking gem first of all because she's like literally Miss Universe of Ireland (laughs) don't don't you're like I don't even know what that whole world's like, but she's really sweet. And anyways, uh, I think it, you actually are surrounded a lot more by these types of people, very beautiful, smart women, because you cultivate, that's a community you cultivate. That's, I, that's what I want yeah. more of. I want more women. Well, that's what you naturally navigate to. I am over on a creative game develop like developer yes. side. So I'm not giving energy as this will change, but my mind is on these other, like there's so many problems to solve right now where you can really like cultivate and build. But it, I also like that too. But you need to do, like you have to have awareness of all the different problems and trying to contribute. But I've had a lot of women. Okay, so let's talk yeah. about that because your alias for so long was coin artist. You yeah. were not Marguerite right. de Corcel or Marguerite Driscoll. Well, this is the argument that a lot of uh, people will make is why does it matter to be a woman or man? You're either good at what you do. No, you were just a non for so long. So what's right. your take on a non, being well, a non? What I'm saying is you're either, so the internet culture and everything in crypto is yeah. who cares if you're a man or a woman, you're either good or you're not. And online, like the online activity will dictate what you, which is true. And in reality though, after having served many different communities, having been a part of many different types of projects, that mindset really does matter. And mindset on an individual basis in which where you're contributing and where you're giving energy actually plays into the outcomes across the board. So as a woman CEO, which we don't ever say like a male CEO, right? Like it's just such a weird abstract thing to say. Do you, and you have four boys, do you feel like you're discredited or do you feel like you have like a harder obstacle in terms of relationships, in terms of fundraising, in terms of being taken seriously? Well, this is coming back to the fact that you were previously talking about me being coin artist and being anonymous. And when did yes. that happen? Yeah. So that flip happened when I became the CEO of Blockade Games, which is a reluctant move. It was just reluctant. Relu- it was reluctant because I was realizing that if I wanted to do my next big experiment, I wanted to monetize it. Yeah. In order to monetize it, I needed to have a company in order to do that. So it was like this waterfall effect of like, well, I guess if I do that, do this and this. And then I guess I have to talk about it. And I guess I have to like share with everybody that. You have to own it. You have to be like, I'm doing this. For me, the tipping scale was, do I care care more about being anonymous and being scared to talk about that from, you know, as me versus my passion and mission and how much is that important to me? And the tipping scale flipped and then that goes away and you can sit in your passion and talk about it and not have the fear. Mm. So when you hit that place, but anyways, that that wasn't easy and it didn't happen all at once. It was, I was so scared starting in 2015, 2016 to do any public speaking. I remember when I was a part of a community and they wanted me to co like co-host a show and it was going to be in voice and I couldn't do it because I was so terrified of hearing my voice back. Oh. And audio. And so, like, that was, I, I've always had stage fright. 
That's so wild to me. And and so, but you get to a place where you do it enough times. Now there's so much content out there that if someone really wants to make me look bad, they would. Yeah. Like there's just, so, I've, I've constantly done so many shows and whatnot. And you're not going to have a great show every single time. Yeah, you kind of just have to free yourself up. Yeah, yourself be. make mistakes, be a human. But let your passion lead. And don't be afraid of people's, people's perceptions. So anyways, so in becoming, for going from coin artist anonymous to being a woman CEO, um, I, a CEO, a CEO. Um, so originally transition was from, I built in within the Bitcoin community. And then I had to, with the launch of my company, relearn myself within the Ethereum community. And then, and then now in the last year and a half or so, learning myself within the game industry. And I was actually sitting back uh, this past week because Blockade has fallen into a really cool situation that involves some bleeding edge tech that is in the realm of AI. And I'm very excited about it. But within having this idea, I was talking to the top seven game funds on command, essentially. I wrote them an email and I said, I have an idea I need to tell you. And they responded. And within a day or two, I had a meeting with the heads of these funds. So, <laughs> so like, like, as you can say that there are these challenges and there are, there's so many things I had to work against, especially even women, some of one of our best friends, I can call her out. She'll, she'll understand the story. So Meltem had, when I met her, I was so excited. Yeah, we, we she talked was, about this she was a big yeah. force in the space. And when I met her, she blew me off. She turned around. I didn't realize this, that the person that introduced me to her was someone she had a problem with. But in that moment, I will never forget what it felt like to just be completely blown off by someone you looked up to. That was a woman. And then I remember we can, you confronted her and I had Devin Finzer. I remember this. So anyways, and she took that to heart and she told me ever since I had this conversation was upfront with her, she changed. She, she really thought about it. She said that she hit that hard. So anyways. No, that was okay. So, so, so in, anyways, going, my point is that being a woman CEO is very challenging. I had the luck of doing very creative work anonymously that built up my credibility and legitimacy that when I flipped that switch, I had this mountain to stand on in which I remember when Naval Revercon, like, um, is that how you say his last name? Just I think so. Okay. Uh, when, when I, I was getting trolled all of a sudden at the very beginning and I shut down this other person with some sort of snarky comment and he retweeted it. And so that support, you know, felt really nice yeah. to have, but that was coming on the back of work I had done as an anonymous person yeah. and then being supported by people with their, you know. Did you feel that when you were anonymous coin artist, did you feel like being this, like, not androgynous, because that's not the right word, but, like, this, people didn't really know who you were. Did you feel more empowered than when you, like, gave up your identity? Were you, did you feel like people? It's way, it's way more scary coming forward as yourself, because in our space, it's such wild west that you have really put yourself out there as a target. And I think about this, I think about what are all the possible moves we could do that could go wrong? Where should we, this is why Blockade Games does not have a token. This is like, we don't do DeFi products. We don't, like there's so many conservative choices we make because we're in such a wild industry. Yeah. And so where are the, where's the risk that we're taking? And as being the 
basically public face of the company. And I'm trying to help share that actually, because sometimes your people in your company actually feel, they don't want to feel like they're in your shadow. They're helping you do all of these amazing things. So how do you bring them up too? Because their personal value matters, especially if you think about the NFT space, Mm -hmm. if they want to go have a collection of their own or something, they don't want to do it in the back of like blockade legitimacy. They want to be like, because I'm important too. Yeah. So these are all things to consider. Yes. But, but anyways, who's the primary target? It's me, you know? And, and, and so I have to be very careful about the steps I take, what I'm talking about. And it, and I'm still passionate about what I want to yeah. do. And I still want to like empower creators across the board. I've always loved the idea. And this is where Blockade Games really gets its mission from is if you could actually do skill-based gaming where people anywhere in the world could tap into the global decentralized economy and onboard themselves in a real fair way. Yeah. That would change so much. And so in, in doing that, like, but in that mission, I'm taking a lot of risk. Whereas I, you could be one of these sushi swap founders, the chef, and be yeah. totally anonymous and, and not be a target. I mean, you're still going to be a target if someone really wants you to be a target, but it's still like I'm way more of a target. If someone gets angry at me totally. and wants to put something against me, legal fees are a big thing. So, for example, Blockade Games, how you much? the whole coin dispute. Yeah, we did. We spent like $250,000 fighting against someone who had somehow trademarked coin. And you fought it. And we fought it. And actually, yeah. So, like. But, okay. Back to my original yeah. question. Being a woman CEO, just a CEO, who happens to be a woman, do you feel, you know, and you're raising four boys, do you feel like you almost, is that tough for you? Like, how do you feel about that? Of course. I think any mom. Being a mom is hard. Is it like a guilt complex? Like, what do you, yeah. Like, I'm, because I'm not a mom. And so yeah. I was, it's. I can't imagine how you do everything because I'm always been, I've always been amazed by it. Well, this is where I get really excited about optimizing. Yeah. Right. And, and when we were talking about the Whistler trip or these other things where you take away stress so you can be fully present and optimizing for your time. I, so with, this is the way I have been able to navigate trying to be present for everyone in my life. And also how can you delegate? Who are you delegating to? Who are you empowering your entire company, family? How do you make it all work? And not everyone has the resources to do that. I remember back in the day when I had two in a double stroller running on a trail during nap time and answering messages within a community when I was community manager and trying to figure out how I can make everything work where I wasn't, no one was really losing in a big way. And like, it wasn't easy. And it's not, and then when you're a new mom, the learning curve is so hard. But then once you get in that rhythm and you start to understand and these things, and like you get used to not sleeping, <laughs> you get used to getting up at 6 a.m. And then like all these other responsibilities that get shifted around. I mean, when I was in New York, when we were roommates and I was fundraising for Blockade, yeah. and I had to set up different situations so that my family, everyone was in a good place. But these things are challenging, but every family is unique. And I think like, I think it's important for children to see their parents be like whatever to them is their best self. Yeah. And that I think is what every parent wants to see their children do for themselves. So we'll see how that goes, but that's what I, that's what I'm optimizing for. I love that, Mark. (laughs) 
I do. That's so cool. And I always just admired, like, your dedication to yourself and to also to your children, which I – it's so hard because women are always like, you lose yourself in your career or – you lose your family or you lose whatever, but I don't feel like that's ever happened with you. So I went, th- so I went through hardship and my, um, my marriage didn't work out, right? Yeah. When that happened, my theory was as long as I have my health, anything is possible. Yeah. And, and I've made a big commitment to myself to keep my health as a, as a, like just a check on how I'm doing. So if I ever get to a place where I'm trying to go on a run and I can't do that run that day because I have to walk because I was doing something really bad the day before or I just wasn't taking care of myself, then something has to change because the thing I won't give up is my health because that's the one thing that's going to keep me yes. on a good path. Yes. And and the thing you can't compromise on. So anyways, um, yeah, I, I guess like I'm not answering your question. No, but I, like, I respect, respect. <laughs> I understand. I respect it. Yeah. You know, you're, we, we kind of talked about it. You're like known for NFTs. You're known for crypto, but, but you had your early beginnings in Bitcoin. And so what do you, I need your Bitcoin take. Like, what is your Bitcoin take? Where is Bitcoin going? Do you believe in Bitcoin? Or do you think it's like ETH is going to flip Bitcoin and uh, Web3 is going to be built on different platforms and like Bitcoin's being left behind? Like, what do you honestly think about Bitcoin? And like, do you, do you have like, um, pay tribute to basically like the OG as an OG or do you just like you know what that's like the, it was the stepping stone it was the Napster it was the Netscape it was the mm. whatever of the internet and now we're moved on to something else that's not how I feel about Bitcoin I don't think of Bitcoin as the Napster um, Bitcoin is like home to me it's like the one bet that you can always come back to it's like your safe place and I don't know if that's great for technological innovation per se, but it's a comfort zone of everyone that is deeply passionate about Bitcoin understands the values of decentralized technology. And for that keepsake, I think it's a really important mission. And for right now, I don't see those flippings happening any time in the next, I guess maybe Bitcoin will be forgotten in 20 years, but I don't really believe that. It's, it's the most powerful network to date. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that because what feels more powerful is the social media interface of people talking about things, the sales, self-promotion side. But actually, the network of Bitcoin is so much bigger than that, and the people participating in it is much bigger. It used to be, uh, gosh, Ethereum used to just be a percentage of the Bitcoin representation. I don't know what that is now. But I'm still pretty sure the index, like the Bitcoin index is still pretty close to all crypto. Yeah. Um, I don't have the numbers handy, but yeah. I still agree with that. Yeah. So I think that it's okay to have, when I was talking earlier about room, like eliminating unknowns. Yeah. I think it's okay to have one network really committed to a complete elimination of unknowns and have the exploratory networks doing everything else. So... Gosh, this podcast is going to be so long. So, but like we're talking about a little bit like art in this way. Like when I went to New York Fashion Week this past week, it felt like Bitcoin is like the, I I had this realization of Bitcoin being like this true north for technology and for art. Like you could talk about that as like luxury brands. I talked about this with G Money of like the Ralph Lauren's, the Burberry's of being always consistent, but always inspiring, which is like the constant Bitcoin. But then you have these crazy brands that are doing wild shit all the time. 
And that is like your Ethereum's crazy NFT projects called Squiggles. And like, you know what I mean? Like the things that are pushing the boundary in an uncomfortable level, but that's how you grow. Like that's how innovation happens. Like you almost need both. And I don't think it's like a me versus you. It's a, we're all working together to, to push forward together. So this is where my uncomfortability about how everybody was exploiting the market and the hype with the fact that users were so undereducated in what they were getting into, such as like, do you think a squiggle, for example, is going to be like, let's forget about the Bitcoin conversation. Is Bitcoin going to be valuable in 20 years? Do you think a squiggle is going to be valuable in 20 years? No. How do you, I mean, like, and it might be for some random reasons, but the chances of it being are going to be a lot less than the chance of Bitcoin because Bitcoin's known, like its competitors are known, like it's a very known space. So anyways, like, I guess, I guess you saw all these people flood in without any education about decentralized assets and that everything's just going to have this upside. And now they're all stuck in illiquid assets that they can't exit with because there's no willing buyers and they're hoping their only hope is that in the next bull run, someone will buy them out. So what was your advice to give to those people who feel absolutely stuck right now? Do you think they hodl? Well, so what I did back in the day was I went and became a community builder and a community manager of the assets I held and I helped bring value. You pumped them back. Yeah, actually it's true. Really? Yeah. We, we, so we went and surrounded ourselves with the projects we believed in that had great developers and we built out the rest of the team. Damn. And, and we took those bets on the right people. And so, and then it, they did become more valuable. And then, you know, I went on to do other things that I'm passionate about, but yeah, in these bear markets, align yourself with the things you believe in with your values and go do work, go help. Don't just sit around and think that it's going to fix itself. This is why, like, gaming actually fixes... That's a lot alpha right there. But That's an alpha. <laughs> gaming fixes a lot of this in the sense that you can have co-creation with your users and changing the fact of, like, just being a bag holder, right? We have a ton of NFT bag holders right now. They're really going to resonate with the day when they have the tools to make, like, directly their utility and collections better and not waiting for someone to ship a release. Damn. Respect. Respect, Mark. <laughs> We're going to play awkward money questions. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Sponsored by Cash App. Um, what's the most you ever spent on a single NFT? I think it was something like $7,000. I've been pretty conservative yeah, on my NFT good. buys. I don't like. But by this way, the, the apes were gifted. So I do, I believe in... Eat, eat, like that gifting culture and then I also believe in getting behind projects you believe in such as like lifting seven, only seven I think so that's shocking to me yeah well because I don't believe in in coming in because there's a bunch of FOMO so you want to have a, this NFT that's cool in your collection it's cool to find a cool artist support them support okay. them by getting their NFTs and then well, what was the NFT what was, what was the NFT I don't know it's pro- I don't really remember but it's probably close to something like a crypto dick but was it the ex-boyfriend's dick butt? It might. Uh, maybe. No. Close. I don't think it was for no. sure. No, Mark. We cannot. It wasn't. Absolutely not. It wasn't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look up at this either scan after the show. <laughs> um, okay. Who's someone that owes you money? Hmm, I don't think anybody owes me money. Okay. Uh, what's the last transaction you made on Cash App? Uh... Paying my nanny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, what's the most recent purchase you regret? Recent purchase I regret? I think my hotel room in New York right now because the UN is here. I didn't realize no, that it Biden's was going to be so expensive. Biden's in town. The Uber driver told me my trip is insane. I just like I can't. Sorry, <laughs> it's worth it to come on the show. Uh, what's um, the first thing you bought with your own money? First thing I bought with my own money. Stick of gum. What year? Oh. It would have been, I think, like a Tootsie Roll, actually. Do you remember on the Tootsie Roll wrappers where they have, if you find the the person shooting the star with the, like, with the bow and arrow, you could get a free tootsie, tootsie Roll? Did you know that was a thing back in the day No. when I was little? No. You could show it to the gas station person and show it, and you would get another Tootsie Roll. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fun fact. Cool. <laughs> five cents? How much was that? It was like five cents. Oh. They might have even given it to me out of the penny pool. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what's the most expensive piece of clothing that you own? Is it something that we bought during the bowl? Probably. Yeah. It's probably like the Dolce Gabbana. Pink suit? Not the pink. Oh. I think the disco ball one with the little pieces of all the like. That was the best. Prismatic plastic. Yeah, it was we got some wild. I think that's probably. Remember the most when we dressed up for the graph party? With yeah, yeah. What's your most expensive New York City meal? When we went and took the journalist from New York Magazine, I think so. To Daniel. To Daniel. Okay, so I'm gonna be honest. We tried to get like New York Magazine hit piece writer to write a good story about crypto <laughs> by taking them to the nicest meal you could have in New York City. Caviar. Yeah, the whole thing. Wild. Like 10 course meal. And we were like, can you write a nice story about crypto? <laughs> we didn't say that. We just said, look, crypto I people are, are not bad. I was like, they're not bad people. <laughs> As we fed him caviar. <laughs> Best purchase you made for $15 or fewer. So I was thinking about this today, actually. Um, there's no better $15 than when you're at, especially in New York City, the nail salon. And yes. they're like, would you like, you're getting your nails done. Which is already kind of, it's a huge time suck. And anyways, they would come around and be like, would you like a 10-minute massage? And there's never, I can't, I can't think of a time I said no. This is one of those like yes and moments. Like, because they could say, would you like a massage? And something, I would say yes. <laughs> but they like that, that $15 is the best. Worth it. Spent. Do, do you remember the time you rescued me from? Oh my gosh. So... I thought Aubrey was kidnapped and murdered one night because we were at a nail salon at 9.30 p.m. We, I'm done. It's this like 10.30. It's written, like normal, this might not make it normal in. time. And, An and Aubrey's, Aubrey's, I'm like, do you want me to wait for you? No, I'll be home, in, I'll be home really soon. Okay, so I go home. I'm waiting. This is not going to make it in. It's midnight, and Aubrey isn't here. And so I start, like, calling her. I'm, and I'm nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the worst No one's worst picking up because my phone's dead. I couldn't, I couldn't have, like, I can't believe I left her there. So anyways, and now I'm running down the street. I'm running to the nail salon. And I get there and Aubrey's on the massage table. Stores like closed, like it's all dark, but she's getting this like epic massage at midnight from this nail salon. 
And, and I was just like, I can't yeah. believe. Bro, it was happy. It was like a happy ending massage. Not really, but the dude was getting very frisky. Do you remember me telling you that? I, I, I but you were saying it kind of like it was fine. <laughs> like, so. Bro, I was like in the nail salon. He's like, my phone, my wallet was in. He's like, do you want a massage? She's like, yeah, yeah. And, and you, uh, were, you were so flustered though when you came I was, out of that I was space. like, I don't know what just and happened in there. <laughs> she got very close to being very touched. I was so worried. Oh my um, God. And, but I was like, no, I was having a great time. <laughs> it's a great time for me. $15 questions because if you use my code Aubrey, you'll get $15 in free money if you're a new user to Cash App and sign up. And so I think that's actually maybe better than a massage at a salon, potentially. It's like an airdrop. It's like an airdrop. Yeah, it really is. It's cash of airdrop. So claim, if you're a new user, use Aubrey. And Marguerite, um, I feel like we could have gone on for about five more hours, but I think because of everyone in the room looking at us and being like, wrap this up, holy shit, <laughs> what is going on? We have to close it out. But you'll be back on, I think, soon. Next time you're in We have so many room. stories. You have too many. Too Honestly, be- too many stories. I, th- I was thinking about it. I was like, there's no way we can even tell some of the best stories. Yeah. To be continued. To be continued. Tune in <laughs> next time to the observation. See if you find out some of the alpha that happened <laughs> or will happen in the future bull market. Anyways, Marg, yeah. coin artist, legend, icon, uh, innovator, everything that you are. Thank you so much for being my friend, but also thank you for coming on the observation. Aww. I appreciate it. And congratulations, Aubrey. This is awesome. You don't know